everyone, welcome back to another month of highlights. And in this past March, it was great to have some really incredible conversations. I know you're going to love this video. But what I also appreciated was there was more comments, there was more people sharing uh, the podcast and connecting with me. And I think that what I really hope is that this is a space where we can actually share ideas with one another, share our thoughts. And I just wanted to thank everyone for taking the time to comment, share, uh, write comments on YouTube. And as a thank you for this month on this video in particular, and you might be listening to this on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, uh, but on YouTube specifically, um, for anyone that likes uh, the the video and just writes a comment about what's one thing that they take, they've taken away from it, one idea that they've taken away from one of my many guests this past March, uh, what you're going to get is uh, you're going to get your choice of a signed copy of either Innovate Inside the Box or The Innovator's Mindset. And just as a little thank you for participating. So make sure that you give this a like, write a comment and highlight one of the things that you learned from the many uh, great ideas that were shared by my guests this past month. I hope you enjoy the March highlights. Thanks for taking the time to watch. Have a wonderful day. So like when you look back in your career, when you, if you were to go back to your, your first year as a teacher, like what advice would you give yourself? Oh man. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that I really thought was great and I wanted to be early, really early on, I wanted to be the cool teacher. I wanted to mm -hmm. be the, uh, the cool, the popular teacher. I was a good teacher. I was. I, I was, I consider myself to be, even looking back, I was a quality teacher. Um, but one of the things I would definitely tell my, myself back is don't worry about being the cool teacher. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You know, just let your actions speak for themselves, themselves. And um, don't worry about that. And plus, here's the thing. The second you become a teacher, your cool points go out the window. You're, you're, you're an adult. <laughs> you're, it's, it's, stop it. You're an adult. You're a grown up. It doesn't matter. You're a teacher. I don't care how young you look. You're now a teacher. You are goofy. You're, you're, you know, and even though I was teaching pre K to third grade, I was teaching little kids. You're still an old, you're still an adult. You're, you, stop it. I, I think I would have grown. I would have allowed myself to grow so much more instructionally, uh, relationship wise, and everything if I didn't worry about that. It took me a while to get over that. It it took me a, a a while to get over that. On the like the budget thing, like trying to apply leadership to the things we're managing, like it just kept coming up all the time. Like, can I I want to try this? Do we have money for that? And so often it's like, well, not really. Like, or gosh, we're gonna have to either ask the PTA or try for a grant. And that just didn't seem to be an right. effective way to like live out your priorities. So one year we tried, we like created a small line item and just shifted funds around. So obviously we've reprioritized the budget, but, but it gave us a small, a modest line item for innovation and the mindset change that that allowed us to do. So then as teachers are coming up to me, um, the answer was, it was a completely different conversation. Like, oh, we could tap into this or, oh, with either like part of the building allocation or your grade level or department allocation pairing that you know if it's a priority for us and for you pairing that with our in innovation budget we might be able to do 
X, Y, or Z. And it just opened up so many different things. And it actually grew. Um, here's a, the next iteration. Since, since that book, what we did to that, George, is I was noticing that a lot of people tapped into that, but not everyone, because some people are just high flying, cruising, or don't have the time, or don't maybe right. don't feel comfortable asking, like whatever the barrier. So then we started this, like, it's called a grant, but it tapped into that budget, like one sentence grant. Give me a sentence with what you want to do for kids. And, you know, obviously it'll connect to like what, what our vision and, and, and who we are, but we will like mobilize it and we will try to fund it and work with you. So that was a way to like break down the walls to the budget. Cause a lot of school budgets are kind of mysterious. I think to teachers are not super right. transparent and they're just, they're just something that's there. Um, but that was that the response to that, like the first year we had several requests the year after the year after it was just like people asking for really incredible, impactful stuff. And if I'm being like super reflective on it, a lot of what they asked for might have been stuff that I might have tried to hope to talk people into or say, right. hey, we should pay attention to it. But they, they know, like right. they just sometimes just need the, the support and the access. So, so that's the story, story behind the story. So for people listening, what, give me, an, and I'm putting you on the spot here, give me an example of like what a one sentence proposal was. Like, what would that look like? Oh, sure. I mean, it could range from, uh, you gotta books. say, you gotta say a sentence. What is it? Oh yeah. Um, someone, someone, I, I want this is why to, I'm asking this. Somebody want, listening to this and they're like, I want to do that in my school. Yeah. 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 I need there's that. No, I need there's no, example. yeah, yeah. There's no, and by the way, this is just how I am. Anyone listening, feel free to contact me and I'll even share the email that I send our staff and it'll lay it out for you. You know, oh, if you want to, if you want to look at it, but it's as basic as, I want to provide book access to my kids because here's what I'm noticing, right. you know, solving a problem that they've noticed. It's like, all right, let's have that conversation. And it's so, so in using that example, like this wasn't just drones or robotics or coding software, although some of that stuff was a part of it, but it was right. also, you know, literacy and flexible furniture and, you know, the list goes, yeah, but the list goes on and on and on. And, and you and I have a very similar idea behind the notion of innovation. It's not about technology. It's about doing new and better teaching, right? Like it's, it's, and it, but it's really important. It has to be better. It just can't be cool stuff. Right. And I think that that's, that's important to me. So what we know is that all of us have what's called a set baseline happiness level. So maybe my set baseline happiness level is here, George, mm -hmm. and maybe yours is here. And so what that means is you and I get a job promotion and our happiness, it does go up for a short period of time, right. or you and I get married and our happiness level goes up. But what we know is that the, our happiness levels will always go right back to baseline. You know, you can go shopping, you can get a new home, you right. can get a new car, you can get married. Your happiness level goes up for a very short period of time and it always goes back to baseline. Now the brain research is really strong for the opposite. It says, guess what? You can endure really hard things in your life. Trauma, illness, COVID, loss, all of these things. And that for most human beings, our brain will reset after a period of time to default. Regardless of our genetics, regardless of our external circumstances, right. you and I all have the ability to increase our happiness levels by up to 40%. And that 40% encompasses three things your actions, your behaviors, and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
So I would like to give you a happiness habit that is going to help you raise your 40% and it has to do exactly with your thoughts. Are you ready? Go for it. I want want to know what this is. Okay. So the average human being has about 70,000 thoughts a day. Okay. The average human being for the average human being about 80% of those thoughts are negative, Mm -hmm. which means when you and I put our head down on the pillow at night, we both had about 56,000 negative thoughts. Yeah, with my co-authors, um, uh, TJ and Joe, um, we, we, we wrote this book because we felt that it's important not only for us to recruit positive people onto our teams and hire them, um, recruit talented people, people who are going to make a difference, but they've got to stay. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've got to come. You, we can't, the turnover it's unbelievable in, in, in education in some areas. So we've got to create these cultures. We've got to transform cultures. So people are knocking the door down to get in, not knocking it down to get out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then at this time, you know, with, the, with this pandemic, there's so much talk around a mass exodus of, of teachers, you know, um, after this whole thing is over. So there are key strategies in this book on what we can do in our cultures. What are, what, what are some strategies we can use? to support teachers and other staff, to support administrators. We often talk about teacher support, but administrators need that support as well. Because as you said, if we take care of them, yep. if I'm a district level administrator and I take care of my principals, my APs, my administrators, they're gonna take care of their teachers. Those teachers are gonna take care of the children. So um, we've gotta make sure that we're building systems that offer that support, but also that give them opportunities for growth. That means we've got to have those honest and authentic conversations, those difficult ones about change. We talked about change earlier. Change is important. Moving them into that zone, into that zone where we know an only way for you to improve your community as an administrator is for you to improve yourself. Because the, the principal or the administrator's most important job is to help teachers improve their practice, right? We build relationships mm-hmm. and connections because we want you to improve your practice because you impact children in a po- in a positive way. That doesn't happen if we train, we hire people, we have them for a couple of years, they leave and go make some other school better. We've got to find a way to support these teachers and administrators, um, finding ways to highlight them, giving them a, a building capacity, giving them opportunities to grow as leaders, giving them responsibilities, not mm-hmm. just mundane you know, roles, but give them opportunities where they can grow, not just go through a situation, but grow through right. a situation, allow them to struggle, you know, and learn. So I think this book is going to be big, as you say, yep. very timely, very timely, 100%. and not just in schools, but in many organizations, it's a struggle to retain high quality, talented employees. So we have to begin to focus on not only how to recruit them, how do we retain them and hold on to them so the organization flourishes? Okay, so I got I to gotta ask you this because, like, as I'm listening to you, I think this is really important. So the uh, one answer, and I, I just want your thoughts on this because I, I have a very strong opinion. When, when someone says to me, I'll say, like, hey, how's your principal, right? And if they say this answer, I, it's a red flag for me. It's like, oh, they're really nice. They let me do whatever I want to do. And I'm like, that's, that's not good. That's that, that to me is not good. Right. And okay. So uh, it's not, I'm not crazy here. And one thing that you said that really is important to me is that we build relationships so we can help people improve. Right. And I, I, I believe that when you are 
some people are really great at their work. They're really, and a lot of great teachers have principals who let them do whatever they want to do. But I really believe sometimes those teachers leave because they crave mentorship. They, they want to get better. And when they feel that they've kind of outgrown their administrator, they leave. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, am I totally crazy what I'm saying? Because I know like, Hey, I, I want autonomy in my job, but I need someone to push me to. And that that's the key. And then, you know, hate to go back to sports, but I mean, even, even, even athletes, even entertainers, um, they, they all have coaches, right? They all mm -hmm. want, they don't want a person just blowing smoke and saying that I'm great. Like I, I need to get better. Right. Um, that that's th right. this work that we do. This work is our passion. Our job is to get better at it, right? And I, I, that can't happen if I, if I have an administrator who's afraid to tell me what I need to hear. And, and I mean, listen, and I'm not, I don't want to criticize, you know, administrators, especially these young ones. It's tough working with adults. Trust yep. me. My mother warned me about that, right? I told my mom, yep. she said, when I wanted to be a principal, she said, why do you want to leave teaching? I said, mom, I'm tired of breaking up fights in the cafeteria. She said, don't you know as a principal, you would break up more fights between your teachers than you ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was I knew that if I wanted to impact a larger number of students, I had to be able to impact teachers. But those teachers want someone who's willing to, and if you have a relationship and you come to them with compassion, you come to them with empathy, you come with patience, with love, with respect, mm -hmm. they will embrace and accept the fact that you came in and said, listen, I know you thought that lesson was great, but I watched those kids, right? And it was hard for you to watch them because you were caught up in the lesson. Some just right. did not get it, right? That, you know, um, let's talk about how we can make that better. Let me come. And that term person said, hey, help me out. Talk, talk to me. What can I do? You know, who can I go see who may have already done that? Because I'm coming to you with a level of respect. I'm telling you, you're doing a great job, but today just didn't go the way you wanted. But let me help you get it there. And, and, and some, I have to be honest at times and say, listen, I don't even know what. I have to call one of my colleagues who's working with a teacher who's doing this. I have to be open and authentic and honest about that too. Mm -hmm. We have limitations as administrators, as right. leaders, but it doesn't happen if we're not honest and authentic. So, but the key is people want to be pushed. And you mentioned mentorship. Mentoring is so important. I think that's the part of leadership that doesn't get talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And of course you would talk about it because you're just the man. <laughs> I thought I was the man, but I'm the man talking to the man. But yes, mentorship is so important. And mentorship means that when I tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, I don't let you do whatever you want to do. I let you do what you need to do. Right. That's going to help you get better and help someone else get better. There's something you said, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I actually, I'm not, Okay, so I know the drive-by PD you said, right? And I'll just use that terminology because you use it. I, I think it actually can be effective if the administrators continue on. So like, for example, like the notion of a drive-by, like bringing someone in, having some ideas. Sometimes that's, that's all they're available for. Sometimes that's how their work is and they do it. But if you go there, and someone thinks that that one person is going to change the whole culture from that one hour, one, you know, couple hours, blah, blah, blah. Then of course that's not going to work. But I think that sometimes it's great to have those people, but it's like, why did you ask this person in? What are the things that you're doing and how do you back that up 
you know, yep. with that work. So like, is there like, is that a distinction or am I totally off there? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, well, cause I think sometimes absolutely. the drive by, because sometimes I think that, oh, the only way it's going to be effective if we bring this one person in, you know, six times, but we do nothing no. in between those six times. No. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So thank you for asking me to clarify that. So when I'm referring to drive by, I am referring to, um, I'll give you a very specific example. Don't assume this has happened to me, but, um, uh, Hey Lainey, our professional, and I prefer to use professional learning, but our PD day is February 16th. Right. Are you available? What do you want to talk about? Well, we'll figure that out. Are you available? Right. Okay. Um, so, so, okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm available. And then we go on to talk about goals. And then I and then I go and then I leave and then they never address that topic again. Right. And it's just there's no vision. And so, you know, what the idea would be, because I really do believe it's important to have outside voices in. And I'm not just saying that because I want people to hire me to come into their schools. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think you have to get outside perspective because otherwise we just know what's happening in our school. So so 100 percent what you're saying, what I want to see happen is. Um, if, if it's, we're going to have George in, what I would love to have happen is, okay, George, before you get here, these are my coaches. Can you talk to my coaches about right. what you're going to talk about? Because when you leave, they're going to be the ones that support this. They're going to be the ones that do the coaching sessions. They're going to be the ones that co-teach with these teachers. And I need them to fully understand, to prepare, to be supportive so that it can be job embedded and ongoing after you leave. And so that's, that's what I would like to see. he showed me the importance of, of not just having different perspectives, but acting upon them. Because I think a lot of times we say like, Hey, it's really important that we have people that think different, but not if we don't do anything different because of it. Right. And and like, I'm sure that's, you know, in your career, as you're talking, you know, how has that benefited you to like bring in those different perspectives, different voices and actually act like, how has that actually helped you in your work? It's, It's helped me immensely. Um, um, as you know, in school turnaround, and that's been pretty much the the last eight, 12 years of my career has been in school turnaround and turnaround underperforming schools and failing schools. And what I've learned so much in that piece in school turnaround that it takes the village to, to move the needle, to move student achievement. And when you get people in the room um, and hear the diversity of thought processes and, 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 and all that, it, it creates a level of synergy that, you know, they can't be, un, they can't be denied. Um, and what comes of that is the national item process or, or framework that moves the need for teach, for everyone in that building um, and, and also in the district as well too. So I've learned that also, the second thing that I've learned that if you're the smartest one in the room, it doesn't work. And that you have to surround yourself with people. And that's the thing about a good sign of intelligence um, and success and a recipe is for success is when you put other people around you that are, that are that are equally just as smart as you are smarter that can help bring these things to life. 